Welcome to the Biblical Languages Podcast, brought to you by Biblingo. We bring together the latest research in linguistics, language acquisition, and biblical studies to better understand the biblical languages and ultimately the biblical text. As always, this episode is brought to you by Biblingo, the premier solution for learning, maintaining, and enjoying the biblical languages. Visit biblingo.org to learn more and start your 10-day free trial. Deuteronomy 6.4 in Hebrew reads, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. This is quite possibly the most well-known verse in Israel today. It is a verse with its own name, the Shema, which, of course, comes from the first word of the sentence. These six words are also quite difficult to understand, and many different translations have been given. Here are some of the more popular options. ESV, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. NASB, Hear, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. NLT. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. These three translations represent the three basic options that have been proposed. Skipping over the initial two words for now, which are a call to Israel to hear or listen, there are really two main issues grammatically. First, the question is how to interpret the relationship between God's name and the words that follow it, either our God or one. While all the English translations consistently translate God's name as the Lord, we will use Adonai, which is the standard way of reading God's name in Hebrew. You should just treat Adonai as a proper name. Our English Bibles translate the name as the Lord because that is how the Greek translation of the Hebrew, the Septuagint, translates the name. So the basic question is whether the words after Adonai are predicates or are in what is called apposition. As a predicate, we would need is in English. So the first line would be Adonai is our God. The NASB and NLT opt for this translation. If Eloheinu is in opposition with Adonai, it is just another way of referring to Adonai. The ESV translates it like this, Adonai our God. Most translations consider the last two words to be in a predicate relationship. So the ESV says, Adonai is one, though the NLT seems to go against this when it omits the word is in the last line. It just says Adonai alone. So our first issue is where do we have a predicate? The second issue is the meaning of the word Echad, which we will look at in detail before coming back to the question of where the predicate is. If you know Hebrew, you will know that this word is the number one. It is easy to gloss this word as one and be done with it, 
but that would not be the best representation of how the word is used here. The trouble is that we would not normally use our English word one with a proper name in this way. If we said something like, one Mary is riding her bike, we would think that there were two people named Mary, and one of them was riding her bike. If we said, Mary is one, we would normally understand it to mean that Mary is one of something. So a question like, is anyone here a doctor? could be answered with, Mary is one, where Mary would be understood to be a member of a class. It would be like saying, Mary is one member of that group of people called doctors. The trouble is that neither of these meanings fit our context. There is no one else named Adonai, so one Adonai doesn't make sense. The context is also not about whether or not there is a God, so Adonai is one also doesn't fit, though this is probably closer. Our only point here is that Adonai is one means something in English that doesn't fit the context of usage well, so this probably doesn't reflect what a Hebrew speaker would have meant. Part of this is a translation philosophy issue. Some will call this a literal translation, which is often considered to be more faithful to the original. But this suggests that echad literally means one. The word echad literally means echad, and the English word one is a decent approximation of the word in many contexts. The bare number one does not seem to be the best approximation of Echad in this context, though, as we have seen, so it conveys the wrong meaning, and is, therefore, not the best translation. To figure out what Echad means in this context, we have to look at how it is used with proper names in particular. The interesting thing about proper names is that they usually refer to a unique individual. So the numeral echad is probably not asserting that there is only one of those. That's already presupposed in the fact that the name is a name. The problem is that echad is only very rarely used with proper names. The few cases where it is used with a proper name, however, are instructive. We'll look at two such texts. First, we see it in 1 Chronicles 29.1, which says, Vayomer David HaMelech lechol hakahal, Shlomo veni achad b'char bo Elohim, na'ar varach. David the king said to all the assembly, Solomon, my son, the one God has chosen, is a youth and tender. Here, Echad refers to Solomon as the unique individual that was chosen. This kind of meaning works in English for one only if the article is added. In fact, if we say something like one God has chosen in English, we have an inference that God chose multiple people. It is clear from the context 
that Solomon is not one of many whom God chose to be king. He is the only one. This demonstrates that the bare number Echad may function similarly to the one in English to refer to a unique individual. Zechariah 14.9 is another very important example, which is quite close to our text. It says, Vehaya Adonai lemelech al kol ha'aretz, bayom ha'hu yye Adonai echad, ushmo echad. Adonai will become king over all the land. In that day, Adonai will be the only one, and his name will be the only one. There are two important points here. First, the fact that this verse is so close to the Shema certainly means that it is being alluded to. Secondly, the Iktolf verb, yiye sets the state in the future, specifically when Adonai becomes king. When this happens, Adonai will be Echad, which implies that he is not now. This demonstrates that Echad almost certainly does not refer to some quality that Adonai has, since we would then need to say that he takes on that quality at a later time. However, if Echad refers to how Adonai is viewed, it would make perfect sense. Adonai will be viewed differently when he becomes king. He will be the one who is ruling over the people, and no one else will be. His name will be the only one that is confessed. Both uses of Echad here are best understood as the only one, and this is similar to what we already saw in 1 Chronicles 29.1. Both of these examples suggest that Echad can be very similar to the one in English, which excludes all other candidates. When we say something like, she's the one, we exclude every other possible female for the relevant situation. This is what we saw in 1 Chronicles 29.1, where Solomon was the only one who was chosen by God to be king. In Zechariah 14.9, we saw something similar, and we also saw that Adonai will be the one specifically refers to how he will be viewed at a later time. In the context, it is the perception of Adonai's authority that will change. He will be considered to be the only authority when he is king. Let's go back to the Shema, which says, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. We have said that the meaning of Echad is usually the only one with proper names, as we have here. But which words are predicates? Is the last line, Adonai is the one, or Adonai the one? Given that the verb yiye is explicitly given in Zechariah 14.9, and it is almost certainly referencing the Shema, it seems that Echad was taken to be the predicate. This would leave us with the last line of, Adonai is the only one. This, of course, begs the question, Adonai is the only one of what? If we read the previous clause as a predicate as well, then we know what Adonai is the only one of. He is Israel's only God. The whole verse would then read, Listen, Israel, Adonai is our God, 
Adonai is the only one. In meaning, this is closest to the NLT, though we have argued that it is best to take Echad as a predicate rather than just translating it as Adonai alone. The implication of this understanding of the verse is that the Shema is first and foremost a call to Israel to have Adonai as her only God. It is not a theological statement about God's oneness. This verse is sometimes used when speaking about the Trinity to affirm that even though God is three persons, he is still one, and much theological reflection about God's oneness, unity, or simplicity has been prompted by this verse. I'm not making any claim about God's oneness or unity, but nor is this verse. We must look elsewhere in the Bible to prove that the divine is three persons but one God. The biggest issue with this, other than the fact that the context is not about the Trinity at all, is the proper name Adonai, which, as we saw, forces a certain interpretation of Echad. This is not an ontological statement about who God is. It is a statement about the kind of loyalty that Israel should have to their God. In the Shema, Israel is told to affirm that Adonai is their one and only God. Zechariah predicts that one day Adonai will actually be viewed in this way when he is king over all. Thank you for listening to the Biblical Languages Podcast brought to you by Biblingo. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. You can also follow Biblingo on social media to discuss the episode with us and other listeners. And don't forget to visit biblingo.org to start your 10-day free trial of Biblingo.